Hey, just as we do after finishing three chapters, I take a moment to thank the author Kwame Mbalia for allowing us to read this during our distance learning. If you have the opportunity to support him by buying his book at a local bookseller or on Amazon.com, it'd be great if you'd do so. Thanks. Chapter 7, Iron Monsters 101. Gah, I said. A reddish-brown furred fox, easily as big as Ayana herself, the largest I'd ever seen, dropped his cloak on the raft. It, he, stood on his hind legs and his muzzle twitched in wry amusement. I think I broke him, B.F. said to Ayana. B.F. Brer Fox? Gah, I said. Gumbaby shook her head. See, that's why you're bumble-tongue. Ayana tossed the rope toward me. The end smacked me in the forehead and fell across my outstretched arm, which was pointing at the walking, talking animal in front of me. In fact, I took a quick glance back at the other cloaked figures and inhaled sharply. He wasn't the only one. A tail poked out here, a wing there. Gah! Did he do this with you, too? Brer Fox asked Gumbaby. The little doll nodded sadly. Gum baby worries about him. He's so fragile. Talking dolls, bone chips, burning seas, flying rafts, human-sized foxes. Gah! Brer Fox flipped over the side of the raft with a wince, then grabbed the other rope that Ayana tossed to him. Well, he said, his whiskers glistening in the night, shall we save ourselves? The long, mournful moan of a bone chip floated across the waves. The sound jostled me to my senses. Sort of. Gah! I nodded, and we both began to wade through the waist-high shallows, fleeing the desperate, haunted ships behind us. We slogged through the foggy shallows. The height of the water slowly dropped until a brer fox and I splashed instead of waded. We grunted and snarled. Guess who did which? as we dragged the raft forward. White mist hung in the air like frozen spider webs, and the roaring flames of the burning sea faded as a blanket of eerie silence covered us. Where are we? I asked Brer Fox. The drowned forest, he said, his breathing coming fast and heavy, for obvious reasons, wouldn't you say? The marshy water, thick and clouded with dirt, leaves, and branches, smelled and looked awful. My socks squelched, my shorts were turning slimy green, and I didn't even want to think about what my chucks looked like. Mom was going to kill me if, when I got home. If I got home. Something snagged my ankle and I nearly fell. Mom was going to have to get in line. Just a bit farther, Ayana said from the raft. She spoke in a whisper as she steered around a jagged tree stump, but the sound carried over the still water like a shout. Keep close, everyone. Cloaks off. We need speed now. No time for stealth. Gum Baby hopped up next to her. We're safe here, right, Ayana? They've never come this far into the trees. Who's they? I asked. The bone chips? Ayana winced. Someone gasped, and Gum Baby shook her head. Not unless they grow some legs. Nah, it's the... Hush now, Gum Baby, Ayana whispered. She glanced back over her shoulder, and I did the same, trying not to gawk. 
Some of the midfolk were watching us, while the rest pretended to be busy. They had discarded their cloaks to reveal other furry faces, along with three feathery ones and even a turtle. There were a couple of human children as well. I took a deep breath, but surprisingly, that was my only reaction. At this point, they all could have started doing the electric slide, and I would have shrugged and joined in. The mind can only take so much weirdness before it accepts it as a new normal. Ayana turned back to me. Enough questions. You'll scare the others. Just get ready to run. We can talk all we want back in the thicket, I promise. But right now, we need to move. I tried to nod calmly, even though my face was burning. I turned back around and resolved to keep my eyes forward. A chuckle sounded to my left. Br'er Fox licked his graying muzzle and his left ear twitched forward. The right one was mangled as if someone had once chewed on it. You're not from round here, I suppose, he said. It wasn't a question, but I shook my head anyway. Where, then, if I may ask, you've the look of the ridge people, or maybe the crescent folk, now that I think about it. I bit my lip and kept my eyes straight ahead. See how you'd feel talking to a fox give you all sorts of willies. I don't know any of those places, I said. You don't know the Alki territories? Who's Alki? This made Br'er Fox stumble. He huffed and chuffed, emitting a yipping cough, and it took me a second to realize he was laughing. Who? Who's Alki? Oh, that's, that's a delight. His laugh turned into a raspy wheeze, and he stopped hauling on his rope to hunch over and cough. When it didn't stop, I quit pulling as well. Br'er Fox? Ayana called, worried. You all right? He waved a paw at her, but it was another minute or two before he could stand upright and breathe without coughing. He took a deep, deep whistling breath, then wiped his muzzle. He picked up the rope, floating near his hind legs, and began to pull again. After a few moments, I cleared my throat. I'm serious. I'm not... I don't know this place. Where are you from, then, if I may be so bold? My eyes flicked up to the sky, to the hole that burned like a second sun, and he followed my gaze. He stiffened, and his ears flattened to his skull. The look he turned on me, as if he was struggling to hold back a snarl, made me flinch. You don't believe me? I asked. No. The word came out almost as a bark. No, quite the opposite. I do believe you. Really? I pulled the raft in silence for another few seconds, then sighed. I don't quite believe it myself right now. I just, I just want to get back. He didn't answer, though. For time, from time to time, he'd glance up at the sky, then look around. I took that to mean he didn't have a clue as to how I would do that, and I trudged along in a sour mood. The water was only ankle-deep now, and the mist cleared a bit to reveal glimpses of a sprawling forest of moss-covered trees. Vines dangled from low-hanging branches and roots deep, dipped in and out of the water, while the treetops disappeared into blurry white, as if some supreme cartoonist had forgotten to finish drawing them. The air felt thick and humid, and my neck tingled like someone was watching me. Br'er Fox stared at me as I tried to shake off the feeling. Good. You sense it as well. Be wary, my boy. We've not escaped just yet. That hole in the sky is causing creatures far worse than bone chips to go into a right frenzy. 
You want to know how to get back to wherever you tumbled from? Stay alive. I swallowed hard and we entered the forest. I watched him out of the corner of my eye. In his prime, Br'er Fox would have been glorious and fearsome. Even now I could see traces of his red and silver fur through the gray. His tongue lolled out as he panted with exhaustion, and his teeth still looked wicked and sharp. My friend, I said suddenly, used to tell me a story. Good friends will do that, he commented, but I'd be wary of telling the full tale here. Stories are powerful magic. You'll find that out soon enough. Best only summarize. I nodded, though I didn't entirely understand what he meant. It was an old story, a folk tale, really, about a rabbit, a bear, and a fox. The bear and fox would try their best to catch and eat the rabbit, but he was too smart. He always got away. Br'er Fox made a weird noise in his throat, a chattering, whining sort of sound. He shook his head. Too smart indeed. So? Am I that fox? Hmm, I suppose I am. I nodded. And the rabbit and bear? I suspect you'll see Br'er Rabbit soon enough. As soon as he said that, I remembered the vision in my grandparents' car. The large, weary, and bruised rabbit, anxious and jumpy. So had that been real and not a dream like I'd assumed? My mind reeled. First Gum Baby, now Br'er Fox, and Br'er Rabbit all of them from stories Eddie had collected that Nana had told that I'd read in some form while growing up, and now I stood with the very same characters plucked straight out of a book. Or had I been plucked into one? And the bear? Fox's tail swished angrily, and he bared his teeth. Bear isn't here, was all he said, and that was that. The raft ran aground. Now the midfolk would have to continue on foot to this thicket place. Wherever it was, everyone seemed eager to get there. I could read the hope in their eyes as they helped each other get ready. Ayana whispered soothing reassurances, and Br'er Fox and I assisted as they disembarked. I kept my face neutral as I took wrinkled paws as well as brown hands like mine and lifted the midfolk off the raft. An old crow caught her thanks and flapped ahead with two smaller crows following after her, joining the rest as we started to walk. Some of the puddles on the forest floor were too deep for Gum Baby, so she rode on my shoulder, still holding the journal, and shouted encouragement. Pick up them feet! This ain't a field trip! Don't make Gum Baby put some pep back in your step! Oh, sorry, Ayana. Didn't know it was you. With Gum Baby blaring in my ear, I fell back to check on an old turtle the size of a dinner plate. Call me Terry Pin, Sonny. Mr. Turtle is my pappy, who was struggling to climb over a partially submerged root. I lifted him over it, then we scrambled after the rest of the group. Ayana shook her head. How you and Gum Baby paired up should make a fine tale. Gum Baby bounced on my shoulder and nearly fell off as I hurtled a stump. What, him? she said. Gum Baby barely knows the guy. I shrugged without warning her, and the little doll toppled backward. She just managed to grab onto my hood and screamed at me in her shrill voice. Bumble Tongue, Gum Baby gonna whoop you like your butt's on fire. This ain't funny. You gonna pay, you hear, Gum Baby? Shh. Y'all, 
Ayana whispered, but a small smile slipped across her face. Gum Baby managed to scramble back up to her perch on my shoulder where she whispered other gruesome threats in my ear. Then she dropped Eddie's journal in my hood, jumped down onto Terry Pin's back, and made rude gestures at me with her little carved hands as the two trundled off after the others. I rolled my eyes and slipped the journal into my cargo shorts pocket. Ayana's smile transformed into a grin. She's a trip, she said. She's something, all right. I agreed. We separated for a moment to help the others navigate the trees and branches, but were soon running side by side again. I hesitated, then asked the question that had been bugging me. Who are you? She wrinkled her eyebrows in confusion. You don't know my name? No. I mean, yes, but like all of you, Br'er Fox, Gum Baby, you all are from stories, but now? Oh. I waited, and she dodged a low-hanging branch. I didn't, in case you cared, and thought about her answer. I'm not sure how to explain it. Br'er Rabbit or John Henry, they normally do all the introductions. I stumbled over a tree root and nearly face-planted in a smelly, squelchy mud puddle. John Henry? The giant man from my vision popped into my mind. Of course, if Br'er Rabbit and Gum Baby were there, he would be as well. Mm-hmm. Watch out for those roots, by the way. Her sarcasm made my ears burn. Oh, thanks. I'll try. She took a deep breath. I heard you and Fox talking earlier. This world, as messed up as it is right now, is called Alki. We're in Midpass, an island in the burning sea. I stopped in my tracks. Does that mean we're trapped here? Surrounded by fire and those bone ships? Panic started to bubble in my chest until Ayana grabbed my wrist. We're not trapped. Just waiting for the right time. I nodded, though I didn't really understand, and she let go. We hurried to catch up with the group. The burning sea back there cuts, off, cuts us off from the mainland, Ayana went on. But we're still a part of Alki. A territory, if you want to call it that. Like Chicago is in Illinois. I said. She shrugged. Sure, I guess. But for better or worse, this is our home. Okay, I get that now. But I hesitated, unsure of how to ask my next question. People and... I started to say animals, but stopped short. Creatures. From stories. How come? Ayana grinned. Okay, I'm starting to see where the nickname Bumbletongue came from. She ducked a twig I threw at her, then got serious. The way John Henry tells it, your world and ours are like twins. No, wait, that's a bad example. She wrinkled her forehead, then sighed. How does he put it? Alki. Alki is the dream to your world's reality. The tales, the fables, the things you think are made up, they exist here. We aren't just stories. We're real, with hopes and dreams and fears, just like you. And right now, we're all just trying to make it back home before... She broke off, but I knew where she was going. Before the Mafa, whatever that is, captures us with the bone ships, I finished. It's not just bone ships. I stopped. 
She started to say something more when a hissed warning sliced through the trees. Everyone skidded to a stop. Br'er Fox stood tall, his good ear flicking and his head whipping left and right as he sniffed the air. Ayana and I crept up to his side, comforting midfolk as we went. When we reached him, his teeth were bared and his hackles raised. We're being hunted, he said, and a chill went down my spine.